Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. All right, Brad, let's get technical today. Oh, I love it when we get technical. Oh my God, so do I. All right, so I I think our wives love it too, that nerd talk. I'm sure they do if they would ever listen to this podcast. But uh, okay, yeah, today's going to be a technical day, so fasten your seatbelts, buckle up, take an extra sip of coffee. Or Red Bull. Or whatever you drink. Today we're going to be talking about NPV, IRR, and MOIC. Sexy. Man, now if that didn't cause you to turn this off, I don't know what will. So Brad, why don't you kick it off by just giving us, what is NPV? I thought you were going to take NPV. I was just saying, what does it stand for? Net present value. Okay, net present value. And what does IRR stand for? Internal rate of return. And what does MOIC stand for? Multiple on invested capital. Okay. That was all from memory, by the way. <laughs> let's all say it together. Yeah. And, the, you know, look, this is relevant because at the end of the day, or these are the metrics that investors are going to, they, they care about, right? This is like, this is how much money they're going to get back in their pockets uh, when they do your deal. Yeah. This, this is a way to compare every type of investment out there. Do, do you, you know, put your money in this real estate deal? Do you put your money in this private equity company? How do you compare and contrast those two opportunities? Yeah. And like, with all technical episodes, I think we should just issue the caveat that a simple Google search will probably educate you as much as this podcast will. So I think we're going to... Tr- if not more. If probably more. But look, you're driving and so you don't have time to do that. And I, <laughs> and I you know, I, I think I think what we'll hope to do by the... You know, we'll we'll touch on what these are, these concepts are, but really I think what we'll, we'll kind of wrap up the episode with so what and why does it matter? I'd like to think we're more entertaining and engaging than, you know, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Marginally. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, like I'll I'll kick it off with NPV net present value. Okay, and I guess the I guess that maybe the way to kick this off is Brad. If I offered to give you a hundred dollars right now, just to be clear, I will not give you a hundred dollars. Oh, but if I did, man. and I said Brad, you can have this hundred dollars today, or you can wait a year, and I'm going to give you a hundred and ten dollars. What do you do? I'll take it now. Okay, <laughs> okay, and why is that? Well, I think I could beat ten percent. Return. Okay. So you, you, you automatically jumped to sort of the, the crux of NPV. And that the crux of NPV is that money today is worth more than money in the future, right? All things being equal, right? So 100 bucks today is worth more than 100 bucks in the future. Obviously, inflation and, you know, you can, you can invest that money today and make a return on that. And you also owe me $100. So, you know, we might as well just take that now. Do, okay. Well, I might not get it in a year. Let's take that offline. Um, but yeah, so net present value is a, it's a concept where you, if you look at a, an investment or a project and that project is going to spit off cash for some period of, over the next few periods of time. So maybe you're going to get, I don't know, you're going to invest a hundred bucks today. You're going to get a few bucks a year over the next five years. And then you're going to get 200 bucks at the end of that five year period. You know, you have to have some way of measuring whether that's a good deal for you to take or not. And really what it comes down to is the alternative is you take whatever money you're going to put in that investment and you say, hey, what else could I do with that? What, 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 what could I invest this at today and what kind of return could I make? And that's essentially what the, NP, the concept of NPV is trying to do. So it, it sums up all of the future cash flows and that it discounts that or it divides, that, some, it divides those cash flows by the discount rate. And that's the, the rate that you could re- otherwise re- earn on that money. And <laughs> I, know <that's, laughs> I know that sounded crazy technical, <laughs> but look, at the bottom, at the end of the day, you do this in Excel, right, Brad? I mean, I think that's the that's the point here. You don't have to be an economics wizard or a math genius. You literally, you know, you can put a series of cash flows into Microsoft Excel. You can type a function, you know, equals NPV, and then you put in whatever your discount rate is, and then you select the the series of cash flows, and you let Microsoft Excel do the work for you. Yeah, and the discount rate is really just 
your target return is, a, is one way to think about it. Or if you're a company, right, companies evaluate projects based on their internal cost of capital. So how much is this, you know, this money, how much does the company generally uh, return, um, you know, generate on, on its cost of capital? So therefore, if it has a positive MPV project, they do it because they know that, okay, well, that beats all the other stuff we usually do. Yeah. And I think you made the key point there is that at the end of the day, you want, if you're going to do a project or an investment, you want it to be NPV positive. You want that NPV number to be greater than zero because that just means that you're going to earn more money on this investment than you would otherwise earn on whatever else you would do. Doing with your money. day-to-day stuff that's just you know normal to the company. So that's NPV. Okay. So we just, we just covered a fairly complex concept in about 90 seconds. So just Google it. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, that's the depth of it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I think the key part is just do it in Excel. But if it's positive, that's good. You want to do it. If it's negative, hey, you don't want to do that investment. Okay. Yeah, and this could be applicable too if you have a retirement target. Like you know you need to hit 8% for your retirement, right, over the next 20 years. And and you want to think about making sure you're doing, you know, deals that that have, um, you know, are higher than that, that 8%. Yeah, that's a good point. You could say if, if, if you're... If your like nephew came to you and said, "Hey, you know, uncle, I have this great project you should do, and 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 it's gonna re- it's gonna generate all this cash over the next ten years, and you're gonna get rich," I think what you say is, like, "Okay, look, just go ahead and put the put the cash flows in a spreadsheet, and then give email it to me, and then you just do a simple NPV calculation on that on those cash flows, and you can decide if that hurt, meets your investment hurdle or not." Yeah. Or you could just ask for the IRR, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is what we're gonna cover next. Okay, so Brad, why don't you take IRR, the internal rate of return, which I think this is the one that's more, I think this is more sexy, frankly. Yeah, it's the one everybody uses. Yeah, because NPV, you just want it to be greater than zero. IRR, that's a number that you can hang your hat on. That's like a big target. Okay, go for it. So it's just the annualized compounded rate of return. So even more simple than that, just the return of the project compounded. So the technical term would be the, the rate of return that sets the net present value of those cash flows equal to zero. Okay, so two sides of the same coin here. Yeah, I like exactly. It. Wait, say that one more time. So IRR is is what? Do you want the simple or the complex? The, the second one, where the okay. NPV one. It's the rate of return that sets the net present value of all those cash flows equal to zero. Right. Okay. Because when you when you calculate an NPV, you have to you have to give a discount rate. You have yeah. to say, hey, calculate the these cash rate. flows with a ten percent discount rate. And now you're saying, hey. When you calculate, when an IRR is just, it's actually saying, hey, here's what the discount rate would be for that NPV to be equal to zero. Yeah, it's just the other side of the equation. God, this is, this math is, a, is so beautiful. It's a yin and a yang thing here. I just feel I feel very connected to you right now. <laughs> but I, you know, I think IRR seems to be the more popular investment metric, right? I mean, people don't really, I don't know, I don't feel, I don't hear people talk about NPV as much. I hear people talk about IRR. Well, right? it's just easier to compare, you know, various investments. You're just looking at one number. Although technically, you know, not all, all IRRs are the same. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Because uh, obviously there's a different risk in, you know, in each investment. And so you have to think about that. But even uh, the types of deals that you're looking at. So if in an IRR of 40 with a deal that has, uh, you know, 10 years of cash flow, right, where you're getting dividends every year uh, versus another deal where it's you get nothing for 10 years, but at the end you get such a big home run return that it, it still equals a 40 IRR. Well, those two investments are, are technically still pretty different. And those, those numbers don't really make the same point because you would have had to, in the first example, reinvested those cash flows 
at that same 40% IRR for those two projects to be equal. Yeah. And you just went deeper than I, than I've ever yeah, gone. Sorry. On but that, you schooled me on this before our, our presentation here, but yeah, that's a, it's never something I never thought about, but that the, you know, the cash flows that are generated from an investment, you have to reinvest those at the same IRR as you're expecting to make from that investment for the entire project to be worth that IRR. If that yeah, makes sense. If it, let's simplify that. So if you just took, um, you, you took your dividend payments and you just put them in the bank, earning, you know, basically zero, then that's not going to be the same ultimate return is as that if you left it in the deal that was, you know, compounding yeah. at 40%. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I think so. I think IRR is used more commonly because you're right. It's, it's just a basic, it's a simple number um, that you don't need additional information to calculate. Whereas I guess if, if an investor was going to compare uh, NPV or use NPV as a metric, then everyone's NPV would be different, right? Because everyone has their their own discount rate in terms of what they would invest at. So exactly. IRR is just an easy one to easy one to use. Yeah, okay. and it factors in time too, right? So the NPV is not as good at factoring in time, I would argue. Brad, take us to MOIC, multiple of invested capital. What does that mean? That just means the total profit that you're making on this investment in cash. So absolute dollars. Just raw dollars, Yeah, forget right? these percentages. Forget like math and all that <laughs> stuff. Right? I guess there's there's a little bit of math in this one, but it's just division, right? Yeah. So if you if you invested a million and then 10 years later, you got back 10 million, that's a 10 multiple. See, this one I like. Right? That one's this, easy. This one, this one you can do in your head. The other two, you might as well use Excel. By the way, there's a, there's a formula in Excel, just IRR and XIRR. You should look those up. But uh, multiple invested capital is pretty simple, right? You just you sum up all the, the cash flows that you're going to get from that deal and you divide that by your initial investment, right? Correct. Gosh, okay, that one's clean. Yeah, it's really clean. And you know, most investors who I think are savvy focus on this one in addition to the internal rate of return. Yeah, why, why, you ask? Well, yeah, why? Tell us why. Well, we've touched on this before, but it's because, you know, who cares if you get a 50% IRR in something that you hold for a month? Right. I mean, I mean, going back to that original example I said, where I, if I said, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks today or 110 bucks a year from now, you said, hey, give it to me today because I think I can make more than 10% of my money. But if I said, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks today or $101 in like 19 minutes, it's, you know, it's like, that's a crazy high IRR, right? Yeah, but it, who cares? But you just, you made a buck and that's sure I, it was fine because i was yeah, just it looks giving it pretty, to you for free it looks pretty in your deck on your track record yeah but it's like there's this time component that's affiliated with irr and npv that um that multiple invested capital just gets rid of and it's just hey how much how much actual dollars am i getting back and there's just something there's just something beautiful and elegant about that yeah but the two go in tandem too though right because you can't you know the multiple invested capital is not that interesting if it took you 30 years to get it right so so yeah, you really have to look at both. I think that's, is that the, is that that's the takeaway? The takeaway. <laughs> yeah, so the takeaway is both. Yeah. Cause I think it's tempting oftentimes to just look at IRR, but you do need to, you do need to think about the MOIC and, um, you know, like, you know, my investors, for instance, when we put a deal in front of them, they look very carefully at that IRR. They say, okay, we want, you know, we have a 30% IRR hurdle. We want to do, we only want to do deals that are going to give us 30% IRR in your sort of base case scenario. But then they'll also kind of look, dig a little deeper and then they'll actually look at that, you know, how did you get to that IRR and what's our actual multiple of invested capital? Because, man, if you're just showing us a great IRR, but you're expecting to flip a deal in six months and that's why you have a great IRR, then that's not something they're interested in doing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of investors will get pretty pissed if you just flip a deal when you, you told them it was going to be kind of a five to seven year 
and you're going to get a, at least a 2x return. Yeah. But if you give them a 30% IRR inside of a year, yeah, it, it sounds like an amazing outcome, but lots of times investors will be like, oh, great. Now I got to reinvest this. Now I got to do more due diligence on the next investment. And I got to go put this money to work and it's going to sit in my bank account for another six months earning nothing. Feels like, feels like the, at least the investors that I deal with, they kind of think, you know, four five, six, seven years is how long they want you to hold their money for. Is that, is that true in real estate or is it longer in real estate? Uh, I think it skews a little bit longer than that. I think uh, most, most funds that I look at today or most investments are kind of five to 10 year holds. Uh, but certainly the, the traditional private equity world is kind of three to seven yeah. years. Uh, but I, I would argue it's skewing towards longer, especially in this market where it's tougher to find great deals. You need more time. Yeah. And I, like a rule of thumb that I've kind of just, I don't know, absorbed is that, you know, in private equity, folks generally want sort of 20 to 30% IRRs and three to five times multiple uninvested capital. Is there is there kind of an equivalent hyper, you know, overgeneralized rule of thumb in real estate? Uh, I think people are, you know, they they want low to mid-teens. Low to mid-teens IRR. Yeah, IRR for just kind of a, you know, really well-located assets, value-add assets. And what about what about MOIC? Is that... You guys... Yeah, it's in the range of two to three over kind of a seven to ten year hold. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. interesting. And then I think that, you know, back to kind of the, you know, not a great IRR, but a horrible MO, a multiple. That to me is a lot of these flipping businesses. Right, look, yeah. look great on you know. Oh, I get I got a twenty percent return in six months, and we, they've done it. You know, they just keep recycling capital and doing it all over again. Right, that looks that looks great on paper, but you know, is it sustainable? Can you get that twenty percent return over ten years? That's a good point. Yeah, if you think about these folks who buy houses and flip them in nine months or twelve months, I'm sure their IRRs look incredible, right? But they're you know they're oftentimes seen. they're putting a few hundred grand into a, you know, making maybe 30, 40 grand. So they're not making like huge amounts of money each time. They just have to keep going, right? Yeah. It's arguably not an investment. It's, it's a business. Yeah. That's a good point. So, okay. There you have it. NPV, IRR and MOIC. Don't tell us we never taught you anything because yeah. I, I know today, I know you all are just loving what we, what you've learned. Well, it's so funny because you know, I live this stuff daily and have for, you know, 15 years now. And it's still difficult to, you know, talk about and conceptualize. As evidenced by today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it was just like, you know, I, you could, we could crank this out and it'd be super fascinating and deep. But it's, they're just weird concepts. Well, they are. If yeah. you're not in the weeds on them. Yeah, because if you really look at the math and you actually like, it, it actually gets fairly complicated. You're like, all right, if, if, a, if, if I'm going to get cash in nine years, how do I discount that back to today's dollars? It's not, it's not an obvious intuitive leap, right? I mean, there's lots of, totally. there's exponents in there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Well, so again, we hope you learned something. Go ahead and Google NPV, IRR, and MOIC. Yeah, really geek out in Excel. You at, know. at least you now know that those are the three um, sort of metrics, I guess, that investors are going to be looking at. If you really want to go deep, you can do XIRR. In yeah. Excel. Go for it. Go, yeah. cra go you, crazy. Google that one and tell us what you think. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Thanks for listening to The Alternative Investor. Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit thealternativeinvestorshow.com.